Um, how many of you remember that, that commercial of this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs, frying an egg? You remember that? I know it's been a while since I saw that, but when I saw that commercial, it really scared me, actually. And I started to, uh, to look into the mind as far as in studying the mind and finding out really what happens to your mind and how much we damage and what can be restored because the mind's an important part, I think you would all admit, of our body. Uh, it's an incredible uh, muscle that God has uh, put within us. And when I thought of the, to- the topic this morning of looking in the rearview mirror, uh, it was, it's, a, it's a theme that I've seen in Scripture for a long time, and never, I've never had the chance to really develop it and find out why God um, has his people remembering. What are the main things that God wants us to remember? Why does he want us to remember these things? And how can it help us in continuing to walk the, the walk of faith that he has called us to? And so, this comes from that. Uh, if you've seen that movie, Cannonball Rally, that funny one, it's not about the, the guy's in that car and he grabs his mirror and he pulls it off and what is behind me is not of importance. What is before me is what is important. Uh, it's not that. We're not, uh, Christians should not tear out their rearview mirror and not remember <clears throat> what is behind us. It's important. The Bible talks about that and we're going to talk about that this morning. And I wanted to bring you some brain facts this morning so you can get a, get a handle a little bit on, on the brain, the human brain, and what's it about. Did you know that the brain is 80% water? You know that 80% water. You know, some of you might have friends who might say there's 80% air. I don't know. But water, 80% water is the brain. That's amazing. Uh, about three full cans of soda... About that amount of blood goes through your brain every minute of the day. The brain is another fascinating fact. The brain can light a 25-watt light bulb. That's how much energy your brain has. So it's kind of makes you think of maybe that's where that light bulb of an idea comes on top of your head. Maybe that's where that came from. I don't know. Uh, The brain is more active when you sleep. I don't know what active that means. Maybe dreams or resting or busy doing the things that the brain does when we're asleep. It's a fascinating fact. Uh, Now listen to this, the brain storage capacity. Now this is for everybody. Your brain has the capacity to store five times the amount of the Britannica encyclopedias. That's That's a lot of stuff to store up there. The problem we have, of course, is remembering what's up there. It's up there, but it's hard to remember what's up there at times and recollect and bring it. Now this is fascinating, the speed at which information travels in the brain. There are about a hundred billion, with a B, neurons in the human brain, the same numbers of stars in our galaxy. Isn't that amazing that the brain has that many neurons? A hundred billion with a B. The brain is an important part of our head. Did you also know that the brain feels no pain? Now, it is the mechanism that brings the pain to us uh, and lets us know when we're in pain, but a doctor can actually, he can actually perform surgery on your head while you're awake and poking around in your brain. Not that I would recommend that to anybody, but it's a fascinating fact of what the brain is about. Well, God wants us to remember some things. He wants us to pay attention to our mind, 
And in our culture and society today, that is very difficult for us to do because we don't want to remember at times. And there is a difference between remembering and reminiscing or nostalgia. Two different things we're talking here. Because some things, some people have a hard time thinking about and remembering. And so the difference, let me give you an idea of what the difference is between the two. <clears throat> a baseball individual steps up to, now last, last service I said the pitcher's mound. You don't stand on the pitcher's mound when you get ready to bat. Uh, but I'm not a sports person, but steps into the batting cage, or not the cage, up there to hit the bat there. And he's standing there looking at the pitcher. He's starting to think about the, how green the grass is, how many home runs he hit last year, thinking about the crowd that's out there cheering. Strike one, strike two, strike three, he's out. That is kind of not a good time to reminisce and, uh, and, and think about that. What he should be thinking about is the, the different signs that the coach has given him. He should think about the, the pitcher, maybe the last time he was before him, what the pitcher's going to do. Those are some of the things that he should be remembering. That's kind of the difference between the two. Uh, nostalgia's good. <clears throat> Dan Overby and I were talking in his office this morning, and I was sharing with him that yesterday we were at Jennifer's mom and dad's house, the Hanks, you remember them, some of you do, and it was a day that we were, had a dumpster in the driveway and we were clearing out everything and just throwing things away that we really didn't need. And before long, we found ourselves reminiscing pictures, old things, different things that we found. And, uh, and before long, we figured not much work is getting done. We've got to stop this. But th those kind of things are good, and it helps us remember certain things. We came across some old Parkway picture directories there as well. And we started looking back on some of them. They were fascinating how young some of us were back then. Jennifer and I had been coming to Parkway for 20, I don't know, 29 30 years. Um, we were different back then. And so it was, but it was fun to look at all the different pictures of the people that were there back in, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago. <clears throat> and then we started noticing as we were looking uh, and, and coming closer over the years with these, we started noticing that some of the individual people in there began to start showing up alone. Some of the women began to be there alone. Some of the families were gone. And we started realizing, wow, the effects and brokenness of, of divorce of uh, other sin within there. It just, uh, it, before long, we were kind of sad because a lot of these people we knew, uh, the changes were happening. So nostalgia is, 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 is fun to remember back. We all do that. There's, there's certain songs that will take you back to certain times and places, certain smells that will take you back to certain times and places. <clears throat> I know for me, there's the one song that every time I hear it, Night Fever, which is the BG song, you know, the Night Fever, you know, the dancing song when back in the 70s when that was big and uh, I remember every time I hear that song I can think of myself in my sister's truck uh, going right by Winchell's, it was Winchell's Donut at that time across from Armio, uh, you know putting in that 8 track tape and listening to Night Fever just thinking I was, that was all there was to life was cruising in somebody else's car and didn't have a license and I was just having fun <clears throat> certain things will cause us to remember certain things uh, and that's okay. But what does God have to say when he talks about remembering? And what does he want us today to remember that's going to help us to be better followers of Christ, to be better than what we are, and to be able to sustain the troubles of life? Because we're all dealing with stuff in our life that Satan wants to side rail us with. Uh, whether it's, it's troubles in the, our marriage, whether it's troubles in our work, troubles in our house or lack of house or whatever that is in our family, 
There are things going on that are causing us distress. And God wants us this morning to realize that he has for us in his word some things that are going to help us deal with it far better than we ever could ever, period. And so this stuff is definitely coming from God's word. <clears throat> and God has given us some things that you and I can remember that can help us live out the purpose and power in our life. And so what we're going to talk about this morning is what we can learn from this so we can apply it, not just to hear me talk up here, because I like to talk, and I can talk forever up here, but I don't want to just talk forever. I want to give you guys some principles and some points from God's Word to help you, as it's helped me. <clears throat> and so we're going to put these into three categories, and if you're writing anything, uh, you've got paper in there to write down, and I hope you do and take it with you and meditate on this. Um, what we need to remember about the past we want to know what we need to remember about the past. What do I need to remember about the present? Right now, what do I need to remember? And then what do I need to remember about the future? Remembering isn't just about the past. It's also about the present and the future, which is something that as I have thought about the Bible, I always thought it was more about the past because God talks about that whole idea in the Old Testament quite a bit. Oh, thanks, Dan. Wow, brother. So... It's not just remembering about the past. And so we are going to look at what all those things. So number one, if you're going to number anything, number one, this is what God wants us to remember. He wants to remember our salvation. He wants to, us to remember, hold on, where did I go there? He wants to remember the first time that you came to Christ, when that happened. Now, some of us might not be able to remember that. You think it's too far back. But you can remember, for me, my coming to Christ was a radical, radical change in my life. Everybody's coming to salvation is not quite like that. But I remember the very day, the very hour, the very steps that I walked down. I was at a Billy Graham crusade. I remember the drive back from Sacramento at that time, how I felt, how everything looked different. It was just one of those times that it was a radical change from my lifestyle. I remember the very next day in church and how that felt. Uh, it was important for me, and it's important for me to remember that. And what God says in Hebrews 10, 32, he says, don't ever forget those early days when you first learned about Christ. Some versions say when you first uh, had an awakening to Christ uh, or first uh, illuminated to Christ. Remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. Now, in the context of that verse, which is in Hebrews 10, He's, he's taught, it's right before the great faith chapter, chapter 11, by faith you do this, by faith you do this, by faith so-and-so did this, and then it gets into chapters 12 that talks about the race that we're running and persevering. And it is, it's not as difficult today in America to persevere like, like, they, like, like back in when this was written because they were being killed by their faith. But there still is something that we have to do and causes us when we follow Christ because we have to take a stand in different places. God doesn't want you to forget that, what took place. My wife now, she, she accepted Christ very early. I think she was seven years old at Awana. And so her, her difference in remembering that is not like mine. But what she remembers is she remembers how God protected her and her walk with him all through school, all through her early life. And so she can remember and hold on to that, even though it wasn't a radical change from her past life. These are things that we need to remember. God expects us to remember and to think back on the time that he showed us his grace and, his, and our understanding of what that grace meant. Because, he, because Ephesians tells us, by grace you have been saved. 
through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. By grace you have been saved. God wants you to remember that. And so think back right now of how that felt back then. How, how, how you were more, you, there was a time where there was a, there was a fire in your heart that might not be there right now. There was a freedom of realizing nothing can, can stop me. Now I have a peace and a purpose and a, and, a, and a happiness in life that seems to take away all my doubt and hurts. Now they're still there and they still come, but now I have somebody that, that can help me deal with life. And I've been forgiven the grace of God. Don't forget that. We need to remember. We need to remember when we came to Christ. And we, we need to remember those. That's, that's why I have, uh, if you guys have seen Mission Salon website, I know you, I've had it here before, my mugshot from before I came to Christ. I, I have that. And I have that in my office, and I have that so I can remember uh, what God saved me from. And the lifestyle that probably right now I would be dead if Christ didn't intervene into my life. We need to have those stones, if you will, that in our, and especially in our memory, to take us back of when Christ showered us with his grace and with his mercy. And so don't forget that. Um, and some of you right here might not, not, might not know what that is yet. Uh, it's safe to say that some in here have not taken that stance yet. You have not crossed that, that road into the grace and mercy of eternity yet. Uh, and if that is you, I hope you will make that decision today and think about uh, and remember God's drawing you to him and what it, what it meant or what it will mean if you do make that decision to step into the grace of God today. And your life will never be the same. It won't be a bed of roses, of course, but... It'll be a journey that you'll never forget. And I think those of you who have walked the life of faithfulness can attend to, attest to that, that it is. It's quite a journey for all of us. So Christ has made a difference in your life. And we see that all the time in Mission Solano. And if you were to sit down with John Hansen right there, Reverend Hansen, who has been here uh, a long time, what, 40 years plus, John, at least, uh, he can sit down, and if you started to talk to him about the about Parkway Community Church and the different lives that he has seen, kids that he has brought into the world, baptized, married, and then seen their kids. I mean, John has been around a long time, and he can share with you what God has done by his grace and mercy in this church. We say the same thing at Mission Solano uh, every single day. This year will be the 13th year of Mission Solano. And this whole message comes from our board president saying, you know what, Ron, we've got to quit going on the defense when we're out there talking about Mission Alana, we need to share about the past. We need to share about and bring up the light of what has happened, what God has done in 13 years. Yes, he's going to continue to move, but when we look back, we can see much more when we're looking through the lenses of grace and seeing God's grace in our life and others. And so don't forget that about when you came to Christ and remember that. Second thing to remember is the miracles of God. That's one of the things that God wants us to remember. He wants us to remember the miracles. In 1 Chronicles 16, 12, he says, Remember the miracles he has done, his wonders and his decisions. Now, what is a miracle? A miracle is anything that you can say that God did this. Now, I've got lots of things that I can point out in my personal life, in the life of Mission Solano, when we went up to Multnomah to Bible College up there, that I can point to and say, Wow, this God did that, because there's no way this could have happened with me. And this, or with anybody else, this is a God thing. Times when checks came in the mail, you hear missionaries talking about checks coming in the mail for the right amount of this or things being done. It happens, believe me. When we step out in faith, we can see the miracles of God. And there are miracles of God in your life right now today that you can see 
The one that's the greatest is the miracle of the new birth. The miracle of the new birth of what happens and how God can change a, a broken, hard heart and he can bring grace and mercy to you and to others that we interact with. That's the greatest miracle of all, what he can do. Because um, when people know my past, when they look at that, they say it's a miracle that you're on. I say, yeah, it is a miracle. And God can provide a miracle in your life as well. We need to remember the miracles of God first and foremost. Um, and so, I want to make sure I, I get through these so we can get these before I run out of time. Because I ran out of time last time. So I'm going to get these this time. Um, other thing, next thing, number three. We need to, these things that drive me crazy. I didn't used to have these. I can remember when I didn't have these things. But, so I would rather see the paper instead of you. So I'm going to leave those off right now. We need, to, we need to, in the present, we're going down to the present. What are some things that we need to remember right now in the present? Well, the first thing we need to remember is we need to remember to be gracious, which is God's grace. We need to remember to extend God's grace to others. Very difficult thing to do because that means that we've got to be kind. We've got to be able to uh, look past some things that uh, would probably bug us. When we were in, in Mexico this last week, the week before last, we were at a, the place where they go and they wash young kids. Uh, the bathhouse is what it is. And we were there, and everybody was doing their ministry, and, and these purity kids were coming, and everybody was doing what they needed to do. And I was standing there, and I looked right directly across the street from this bathhouse and all this, this dirtiness and this need that was there, and there was this big old church, big old cross there, and, and in the front, in this, it was the front or side of this, was a big old iron gate. And I was sitting there looking at this, and all of a sudden I saw the big old gate open up, car drive, drove out there, the person got out, closed the big iron gate. And I stood there as things were going on, and it happened again. And I asked the Spectrum people, I said, why isn't that church doing anything? Why aren't, why aren't they helping in some way to extend God's grace to the people? This is right here. And they didn't have an answer other than they don't want to do this. Something about their theology, which I can't fathom how you can look at this and, and get a theology of not caring for the broken. But it, and it still bothers me to this day. For some reason, I don't know. But the grace of God has got to be seen flowing from us to others. What is it for you that drives you sideways? Is it slow checkout counters that you get into and the checker should be not talking right now and, and checking the stuff, you're in a hurry? What gets your blood to boil? Is it somebody that's driving too fast and cuts you off on the freeway? You know what that is right now that drives you nuts. How are you going to extend grace and mercy? How are you going to live out what God wants you to live out here uh, in, in, in extending the grace and mercy. Colossians 3.13 says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. Forgive the person who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so must also you forgive others. We're supposed to forgive others. Who right now is on your mind that you haven't forgiven yet? Because it's a difficult thing to do when you think about family members people that take way too much of your time, and I, I only have so much time. This person, i got to hide when they come because, I mean, there's certain things that come up at times that we've got to remember the forgiveness of God and the grace and mercy that God has given us so we can extend that to others. So what is that for you? If you think about it, write it down. It will come up again, believe me. I mean, that person that cuts you off 
on the freeway is not an extension of Satan himself. I mean, that's a person that has, and it might even be another Christian that we don't know, that we see some other time. You're thinking, oh, God, I, mean, I wonder if that person knows who I am because I looked at them real bad when I passed them up in the freeway. What is it for you? Who do you need to extend some grace to? Who do you need to forgive? Even the secular world knows the power of forgiveness and letting go. The Bible talks about if we're offended by our brother, what are we to do? We don't have to go around and huff and puff and hold that bitterness inside us. We're supposed to go to that individual. Most of the time, that individual that offended us doesn't even know they offended us. And in going to them, you will find out that everything's fine and dandy and we're restored to fellowship. So who is it that you have not forgiven in church, outside of church? Who is it when their name comes up, family members, people that you have that just kind of irritate you? You cannot forgive them of yourself. That's clear. We cannot do that in our own strength. This is a supernatural thing. This is a miracle of God that gives us the strength to forgive other people. It's one of the things God wants us to remember. He wants us to remember. He wants us to remember. The other thing, which I love, this one right here he wants to remember. I mean, I've, I've used this verse many a time. It's coming from a, a, a faith-based organization that raises money to do what we do. Uh, it's important to be generous. The Bible talks about us, and we need to remember to be generous with our lives. And if you're following Christ not right now, do you realize that everything you have is not yours? It's God's. God has given us everything we have to be stewards for him. Now, I know sometimes that we hear that, and it's like, I don't know, that's my savings account. That's my, but really, it's just it's one of those things. Everything we have is of God. Now, we need to be smart givers. We need to be praying about what God wants us to do with his resources, but they're God's. When we were in Mexico this trip, uh, one, of the, one of the students, and you're going to hear more about that at another time, but it was an incredible trip. One of the students um, was at one of the, uh, we were at a, an orphanage, and this student had a brand new guitar, and one of the kids in this orphanage had an old beat-up, rugged guitar out of tune, and just was a, it was a really bad guitar. Well, the student gave this individual his brand new guitar. Um, and I thought, wow. And the, the, when the individual came up to me, he said, Dad, I gave away my guitar. And I, I said, and it must have been my reaction, my first reaction when your son says that to you. Um, and and, 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 I, and before I even said another word, he said, Dad, it was just a guitar. And I thought, and then he said the next thing, Dad, I bought it with my money. And I thought, oh. So the only thing I could say at that time as I thought about that is, you know, Joel, I'm proud of you proud that you were able to do that. Um, that's sacrificial giving. That's, that's, that, that's extending. That's being generous and realizing that what we have is not our own. And what that did to that young boy that he gave that to, I have a picture of that young man's face that I didn't even know that Joel did that when I took the picture. Um, but we have that to remind me uh, about generosity. And at times, um, God is going to call us to give things uh, that we might not want to give but we need to obey, and we need to be generous. Um, and why is it important to be generous? It's, because it's important because it makes us more like God, and it shows people the grace of God in our lives, and it's important because, and then one thing it is, it's important because it breaks the materialistic chains that often wrap us and, 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 and bind us up. Materialism is rampant within our churches, within our community, and when we give that's the only way to break those chains. When we look at stuff as if not of ours and of no worth, 
as far as what is, is, is worth in eternity is what we need to have in our mind. What is important to God should be important to us. And when we give, we need to think about that. And there's really a, uh, the next verses are three re- reasons why remembering to be generous makes an impact on the way we live our lives. Number one, it makes an impact because remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It's more blessed to give than to receive. So something happens to us that is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, I'm not saying it's not a blessing to get because we've all gotten certain things, and it is a blessing to get. When we get the money in the mail to pay payroll at Mission Solano, that's a blessing. Let me tell you, that's a real big blessing. Uh, it's, it's, it's a weight that I, as the director, have to carry, the weight for our, for our people that are ministering in God's name. That's a real blessing. But you know what? You that give, and many of you give, you know the blessing it is to give towards that ministry. Your involvement, you give your time as well is in, in, in the ministry. In Mission Salon in particular, you'll be, they'll be sleeping here tonight. Uh, but it's not, it's not easy to give, and there is danger in that. Um, last, last time we, we sheltered it, did you guys realize that somebody was stabbed out in the parking lot? No, you don't. You didn't realize that. As, as dangers, I mean, we, we're still ministering. Things are still happening. Do you remember a couple years ago when out here in the parking lot, a homeless man sleeping in his car was dragged out of his car, beaten to the point of death, where one of his eyeballs popped out of its socket, and the guy is still uh, never to be the same. Uh, happened right there, a pile, pile of blood out there in our parking lot. Giving of ourselves is not necessarily safe, but walking with Christ is not always, always safe, is it? But the joy that it brings, and it is blessed to give and to receive. The second reason that I want you to be generous, and God wants us to be generous, is because it makes sense. And the sense is, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. It's the law of the harvest. It's the law of the harvest, not only for our money, but for anything we give. To sow, whether it's our time, whether it's our money, whether it's our resources, whether it's our stuff, God expects us to think wisely and to sow the seeds of generosity into this world in which we live, into this community in which we live. And then the third, there's a third reason. It shows the world what God is like. And that's what the word glorify means. Uh, In this verse here, glorify means to show the world what God is like. You will be glorifying God through your generous gifts. For your generosity to them will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Uh, If we want to show people the glory of God, show them the glory of God in us of what it means to give, to do things that brings their, their mind, not to, we're, we're doing this because we're called to do it. And when people see that, they're amazed. One of the things that has moved this community to where it has with Mission Solano and the, and the different people within the political realm and other realms that aren't believers and are not doing this or allowing this because they're believers, but they're seeing what the churches are doing. And more times than not, I have heard so many officials say, it's amazing what the churches are doing. Uh, to help the homeless in this community. The whole nomadic sheltering that has taken off and has even started in Sacramento and Northern, Southern California other parts is showing the community and uniting other churches. That's showing the glory of God within the, within the midst of all that. People are being changed. God wants us to remember that. And we see it every day at Mission Solano. And the, the fifth thing, if you're writing down, of course, that God wants to remember, wants us to remember, is God wants us to remember 
that he, God, will be with us always. Now, that's a truth that sometimes we don't feel that God is with us, but you know what? The, the, the promise of God is that he is. He says he will be with us always. Isaiah 43, 2 says, when you go through the deep waters and the great troubles, I will be with you. When you go through the troubles, he will be with you. He's not going to check out and say, I'll see you on the other side. He's not going to say, you know what, this one's for you. Oh, wait, I'm gonna, you need to go through it by yourself this time to learn. No, he's not going to say that. He's going to say that he's going to be with you and not leave you. <clears throat> and so when you go through the deep waters and great troubles, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Uh, this is the key to courage, is realizing that God is going with us no matter where we go or into whatever field we go into. He is there with us. That will bring incredible peace if you can remember and meditate on that, that he's not going to leave us. Now, I know sometimes there's times when we wish he wasn't with us, at times when we catch ourselves or find ourselves in some sort of sin uh, or some sort of brokenness we're in. It's like, God, can you just check out for a little while longer, come back in a minute? No, he doesn't do that. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit. If you're walking with God and the Holy Spirit can't get away from you, uh, he is with us always, and it's something to remember. Uh, also, when we're getting tempted into sin, we're dragging him right into sin with us. And we need to realize that he is there to forgive. And we need to remember that he will not leave us. Uh, Hebrews 13, 5 says, I, I will never abandon you or leave you. I will never abandon you. If you are in Christ today, he will never abandon you. If you were abandoned as a youth, Christ is telling you that he will never abandon you. And so remember that he will be with you always. The sixth thing to remember is that God will finish what he starts. Hallelujah. God will finish what he starts. He will finish this message on time. Hallelujah. God will finish what he starts. Now, that's important to remember because sometimes we think, how in the world am I going to get? I want to get here God, you called me in this direction. You, put, you brought me to do this or do that. I'm not going to make it. No, we need to realize and remember, he's going to finish in you what he started. Now, what he started in you was a walk of holiness. What he started in you was to change you into the image of Christ. What he started with you, he will finish. That finish line is not on this earth, by the way. It's when you cross into eternity and you are made holy like he is holy. That is happening in your life. If you have not had that new birth, you can have that today before you walk out this door and realize that God, once he starts in your life, he will finish. He will finish what he started. Um, <clears throat> the British Life Center is one of those things for Mission Salon. There were times I'm thinking, God, this, this is not going to happen. There is no way. How are we going to get through this and this? And I've got to remember the miracles of God and what he's done along the way. He will finish it. The buildings that are out there right now, we have, in each building that we build out there, we have wrapped up and placed uh, the Word of God, a Bible, and the cornerstone of each one of those buildings as a way of remembering that these buildings are built on the very Word of God. And this, this, this place is for His glory and to uh, restore the broken with the compassion and love of Christ. And so what is it with you that you're doubting right now uh, in God's work in your life? The Bible tells us what He started, He will finish. Philippians 1, 6, 6 says this, being confident of this, that God who began a good work in you will carry it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. You are a work in progress. 
progress. You are, it's a process. A sanctification is a process. Uh, so we're in process together. Will we sin? Absolutely we're going to sin. But remember God's promise. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from unrighteousness. We must remember that. Um, in 1 Corinthians 1.9, he also says, God who got you started in a spiritual adventure will never give up on you. Never forget that. And in Jeremiah 29.11, we all know this and we've heard it. I know the plans I have for you, he says. He says for you today, I know the plans that I have for you. Never forget that. The plans for good and not for disaster. Plans to give you a future and a hope. Plans to give you a future. No, that's God's plans for you. He has a plan for you, and we need to remember that. We need to remember that we're not alone. We need to remember to be gracious. We need to be rem remember to extend uh, that grace and that mercy to others. And we need to remember the day that Christ penetrated our hearts and changed us for eternity. And if that hasn't been you today, I pray that you will allow the Word of God to believe that Jesus Christ is the answer. Uh, and and you've, been, you've been wondering, you've been thinking, you've been uh, doubting, you've been searching. Um, I don't know what's stopping you if you haven't given your life yet. Um, but I would encourage you to believe. Uh, and then find out all the questions that you want answered. He will answer them. Uh, he will answer them. So... Pray with me, and I hope you will take with you these promises and realize that it's not a bad thing to remember. Pray with me, if you will. Father, we thank you and praise you for today. We thank you for your promises, your word, Father. They don't come from me. They come from you, Father. And uh, I, I am extremely encouraged, even when I am in the, the darkest times of my life, I can remember these things that you have promised, and you will pull us out into the light. So help us not to forget, Father. Help us to take the time to reflect, to remember, to praise you, uh, to take this grace and mercy into the streets, into our jobs, into our families, and to show the world what Christ is really like, uh, to forgive those who have hurt us, to forgive those who have harmed us, uh, and to live in your grace and your mercy. And so I thank you and pray that for, for your people here today. It's in Christ's name.